The Go Forth Learn podcast explores the growing disconnect between schools, teachers, students, and parents. Through conversations and interviews, the Go Forth Learn podcast aims to identify root cause issues in secondary education and cast a more relevant vision for engaging an effective education for the next generation of students. Go Forth Learn is produced and hosted by Dr. Stephen Lang, a veteran school leader in both public and private schools over the last 20 years. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome Don Harmon to our podcast today. Don is a 30-year educator and currently serves as the executive director of two regional service centers for public schools in Northern Indiana. Don, welcome to the podcast. And um, why don't you please take this opportunity to let our listeners know a little bit more about your background? Well, I think I'll start out. Um, I started my uh, education career as a science teacher in Newcastle. And I guess this might lead into some of the things we talk about. When I was a, when I was a teacher, I always thought, you know, I could help my X amount of students, whether it be 100, 150 students. But I always had a calling that I wanted to uh, impact, make more of an impact on more students. So that's when I got into education. So then I got in, or excuse me, got into administration. So that's when I became an assistant principal, a principal, and then uh, worked my way up to high school principal and then became a superintendent. Um, I felt as a superintendent, then you had impact on a whole district. Um, and then in July of 2020, uh, I had a great opportunity to become a executive director uh, of a educational service center, um, the Northern Indiana, Indiana Educational Service Center, which is in Mishawaka. We also operate the Northwest Indiana Educational Service Center. There are nine service centers in the state of Indiana. So I am the executive director of two. And really what the service centers do is we work behind the scenes with school districts. We help with professional development. Um, we help with uh, cooperative purchasing, food procurement, technology purchases. Um, we actually, in our uh, service center, we have food service directors. So we're kind of working behind the scenes to help superintendents, to help our administrators, and then also help our teachers. So I've been there for the last uh, two years. Uh, love to have impact with our members. And um, so I've been in education for uh, 30 plus years. Okay. So with, uh, with the service center, then you have a unique opportunity in this role to see a lot of different districts and, and maybe have a, a high level view that a lot of people don't get about what's happening in schools across, you know, in your case, the state of Indiana. Um, how many districts would you say between the two regions um, you have connection with right now? We have uh, 50 plus, 50 plus wow. corporations. Yep. Uh, so 50 corporations, 50 superintendents, Mm -hmm. And uh, about how many students would you say are between in those 50 uh, districts? I'm going to say um, probably a little over 100,000. Okay, awesome. So. so, Don, as you know, the podcast explores disconnects in education. Um, 
So from your point of view, um, you know, what do you see just in terms of um, what people want from schools or, um, or what you're experiencing with this idea? Well, uh, well, I, I would say that, that, that there are disconnects. Um, I think when I think of students over the years, as I've been an administrator, superintendent now, uh, executive director of the service center, what I hear over and over again, students, uh, they just, just give me the grade, just give me a grade. Um, you know, what is it for me? Why do I need to do this assignment? And really a lot of it has to do with relevancy. Um, you know, why should I learn this? Uh, and, um, I think there's some grit missing. I think there is some, um, just some desire to, for failure. I think a lot of kids don't want to fail. I think the home life doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see that with students a lot. And then when you go to the parent side of it, um, I think so many parents want the best for their child. And I think sometimes they want, they want to drive their student to be, to go to four day, four year college or go into the family business instead of sitting back and saying, okay, what makes you happy? I'll support you, um, based on what your, uh, abilities are and capabilities are instead of saying, you know, you are going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been one to push students to a four-year college. When I was a high school principal, I always told students, you have to get a high school diploma. After that, you define success. Mm-hmm. Um, success is not making $100,000. Success is if you want to work in a factory, if you want to be in the military, that's fine. You define success, but you have to have a high school diploma after that, you define that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never been one to push kids. You've got to go to a four-year college. So how is the idea of defining your own success or expanding pathways or awareness uh, for students in high school playing out in the districts that you're working with right now? Well, I will tell you that over the last year, talking with several superintendents um, in the state of Indiana, they are frustrated just for the simple fact that you know, 10, 15 years ago, our state really hammered and really put an emphasis on your students going to a four-year college. And you were uh, evaluated as a corporation how many students were going to a four-year college. Now, Indiana has almost shifted to a mindset of we are, we are a manufacturing state. We have more jobs than workers. So we need to shift our high school students to want to go into the workforce instead of go to a four-year college. Mm-hmm. So superintendents are saying, okay, now I'm getting frustrated because you told us to push AP classes, push, push our kids to college. Now you're telling us we need to switch gears and get our students ready for employment right out of the box. So for example, the state of Indiana, the, the employment or the direction of the state of Indiana is almost dictating where we want our high school graduates to go. So I know some superintendents are frustrated with that. Um, so I wonder if a little bit of it at that level is the tail wagging the dog, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which is, you know, we're, instead of starting with the student, you know, we're starting with you know, whatever an economic need is. And I think for me, I think about, 
you know, a market ready student is actually a student who has very high levels of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. They're okay with that. Um, and they know what, uh, they know what sorts of um, work that they enjoy, you know, and they pursue those things because they can define their own success, I feel. So, you know, how does a superintendent or a high school principal bridge those two things? Because we know legislatures will do what legislatures will do, yep. right? But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I think we've got to get away from that traditional uh, school day. I mean, who's to say a student couldn't come to school on Tuesday and Wednesday and go work? Yeah. Um, two examples. When I was a high school principal, um, I had some uh, students who love building trades. And um, I set it up where they could take their classes that they had to graduate their junior and senior year. And I said, you can go, go to construction site every day, and you, but you have to do your work online mm -hmm. and as long as you're keeping up with what you're doing i'll i'll let you go there but the minute you start fall behind i'm going to pull you back to school yeah and that's all the care they needed they were fine yeah my other point was we've got way too many students when they're a, a, a freshman and the example i'll use is is i had a freshman and all he wanted to do was work on cars but he wasn't very good in school right but when he got to the end of his sophomore year, he only had three credits. So he knew he couldn't go in the auto, auto mechanics program. So he just quit school. Right. My point is we've got to grab those kids as a freshman. If we know what that's what he wants to do, we got to get him there. Yeah. In my opinion, that is the school's responsibility to get that student so they can go into auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, to me, we failed that. Right. But but back to that, Steve, I think we have to have a hard look at just our whole educational system, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and change is hard. But I think we do need to get away from that five days a week, always going to econ at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've got to look at some flexibility. And then, Steve, that would allow teachers to have flexibility. The superintendents that you're working with right now, what are they thinking about or what are the conversations in those study councils, for example, about where their schools are going to be in five years? How's the programming going to be different? How are they thinking about shifting how they operate? Um, you know, what will be the same and what will be different about schools if, if these conversations come to fruition? Yeah, I think, Steve, one of the big conversations that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing and talking with superintendents is I think a lot of superintendents and high school principals are are saying really the 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 validity to look at internships mm -hmm. for students to actually when they're a, a sophomore or junior to do an internship to see actually if that is something they're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what they're trying to do is build that internship. So let's say a student really likes to weld or really likes <clears throat> law enforcement, then that might be an avenue that will be open for them when they do get their high school diploma. So mm -hmm. I think, and I think I see superintendents and high school principals wanting to build more relationships with their local businesses mm -hmm. um, because that is a partnership that needs to happen. Um, because so many kids in Indiana, uh, you know, 
if you talk, I mean, I, I'm sure there's research out there that says most high school Indiana graduates want to leave Indiana. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in Indiana. Well, there's a lot in Indiana. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of jobs, um, a lot of good jobs mm-hmm. that, that, that our superintendents are looking at the internship partnerships with businesses um, and, and really just trying to change the mindset of those students. And I think that's, that's the challenge is just um, getting students to know that there's more out there in life than just their local town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's face it, you and I had, you, know, you take kids to Chicago or you take kids to uh, even Indianapolis or just somewhere. And they're like, I've never been out of my town before. Right. And so I'll just, I think the internship's huge. I think the partnership's good is huge. The, the direction they're trying to go. And I think just trying to change the, 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 I don't know how to say it, just change the mindset, I guess. Right. Of a lot of our high school students. Right. So Don, what do you think some of the barriers are to, uh, to these changes that we're talking about right now? Well, obviously funding is huge. Yeah. Um, I think, um, board support in mm-hmm. some school districts, um, I'm going to say shortage of employees and and I'm not going to just say teacher shortage because there is a shortage of, of, of secretaries, Mm -hmm. custodians, aides, food service, bus drivers. So, you know, that's hindering them because they might not have a government teacher. I know there's some school districts, they haven't had a Spanish teacher for a year and a half. They don't have a government teacher. So I think funding is there. I think employee shortage is there. I think uh, board support and I, and I think community support. I think, you know, some communities um, are very supportive and some communities are not. You know, uh, school districts are gonna have to look outside the box, whether it be online courses, they're gonna have to think outside the box for a non-traditional school day. Um, They're going to have to work with uh, other school districts to share teachers. Um, I could almost envision school districts looking at uh, a four-day week like they do in the West Mm -hmm. um, to save on transportation, to save on staffing. Um, I I guess what I'm saying, Steve, in my opinion, I think five and eight years there's going to be a, 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 there will have to be a transformation from what our schools, how our schools, uh, how the systems in our schools are in place today. They are going to have to transform into something different in five to eight years. Mm-hmm. So we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, and it's a big job for our leaders to make the transitions and changes that we're talking about. Uh, Don, what do you feel our next generation of leaders, you know, need to be thinking about as they take on this series of, uh, of changes and challenges that, uh, that are ahead? Well, I, I think my comment to that, Steve, would be whether it be a superintendent, high school principal, I think the longevity of that individual being in that building or in that corporation and then also having the trust mm-hmm. um, 
because you know if you're a high school principal and you and you come into a high school and you are charged with changing the climate, charge changing uh, the direction of that high school, it's going to take more than a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have a very supportive superintendent and actually a very supportive board and community because it may take some time. Mm-hmm. You're going to see, yeah, you're going to see quick change in, the, in a year or two, but that, that to be able to put systems into place and those systems to be, to basically operate on their own, that takes time. Mm-hmm. And you may have to change staff. You may have to change programs, and that doesn't happen overnight. It may add, it may take some more funding that you're going to need support. So, Don, what are your thoughts on the balance between um, instructional leadership and school management would be for school leaders uh, as they pursue these changes we're talking about? I would rather say you don't. Know, principals and superintendents, you know, don't, don't label yourself as an instructional leader. Don't label yourself as a manager. I, I would, I would almost just, you know, be a change agent, be, be a transformational leader. Um, because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to lead, you're trying to change, you're, you're trying to create change. You're trying to transform your high school or your corporation um, to better, but to better things. I mean, that's what you're doing. Um, right. But I would say there is a blend there because there are days you're going to manage. I mean, let's face it, you're going to have to manage, but then there's other days. Yeah. You need to be in the classroom. You need to lead by example. Um, you know, an example that I did and I've shared this, um, and I thought it was a great thing that I did as a high school principal. Uh, I created a, I call it the wow award and Mm -hmm. wow stood for work on whatever. And every staff meeting, I would hide a sticky note. I would have a raffle or something, and I would have a staff member win the work on whatever award, the WOW award. And then what I did was, is between that date of that staff meeting and the next staff meeting, I would teach one period for that teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I would let that teacher go just work on whatever. But the reason I did that was then students could see me teach, whether it be Spanish, whether it be calculus. Mm-hmm. Um I might not know the topic, but at least I do how to be an instructional leader mm-hmm. per se. And that kept me grounded. So I think those are some of the things that our new generation of leaders have to do is they have to prioritize and they have to make time to stay grounded of why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because in this business, you can sit behind the computer all day and answer emails and manage a building, but your people have to see you. Your yeah. kids have to see you. Your teachers have to see it. Your cafeteria workers need to see you. Your bus drivers need to see you. And mm-hmm. everybody's important in the whole scheme of things. Right. So in closing, I would like to thank Mr. Harmon for being our guest on this episode of the Go Forth Learn podcast. I certainly appreciate Don's perspective on broadly defining success for students and how schools or school districts could provide a number of opportunities for students to discover through internships or community partnerships, uh, avenues for their success uh, that might be relevant to them. I also appreciate Don's thoughts on 
changes and pressures that school districts are facing and what things might look like in five to eight years with a breakdown of the traditional schedule and, and other ways of looking at how we might operate our schools. And then finally, thoughts that have been offered here in terms of how our new leaders can and should work um, and certainly building trust in community. And I think the most important point uh, that Don concludes with is that everyone matters in the process. Great advice for our new and inspiring leaders. So Don, thank you for your time. Really appreciate your insights here. And I will look forward to talking to everybody again on our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Go Forth Learn podcast. We'll look forward to coming to you again with a new episode in the near future. Thank you.